Thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Free and available where you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's game day, but for basketball. That's right, so we talked to Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com to get a breakdown of the game and a little bit of the season as a whole. But first, press conference quotes. Hmm, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, you beautiful Michigan State Spartan fans. Hello, you beautiful Locked On Spartans listeners. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday? I hope you're doing okay. That's right, guys. It is uh, November something. Uh, November uh, 9th is what they call it. Sorry, I lost my spot on my calendar. Another smooth, smooth intro from yours truly. That's right. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. And uh, yes, here on the Locked on Spartans podcast, we do work five days a week, Monday through Friday, talking about your Michigan State Spartans, whether it be the gridiron or the hardwood. Got a little bit of both for you today. Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking your Michigan State Spartans five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you find folks get your podcast. And if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to dish out some life advice, if you want to inquire on some life advice, hey, hit me up. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the best place to find me. Um, yes, yeah, so like I said, we are going to be talking with Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. We are going to be getting into tonight. Uh, tonight's game between the Michigan State Spartans and the Kansas Jayhawks, of course, and then also just kind of just talking about the season as a whole as well. And I thought we were going to do that pretty much the whole episode today, but no, of course, uh, we got Mondays with Mel. And lucky for us, uh, we also got Mondays with Jim uh, over in Ann Arbor. So, yeah, I did not think that we'd be getting any news, but that was very uh, silly of me to think that Michigan can go nine days without crying every single day about the officiating from uh, another Michigan State Paul Bunyan Trophy win that happened in East Lansing. Uh, Like, not too long ago, but long enough where you should probably try to turn the page, but that's just not how they roll in Ann Arbor. And then, of course, Mel Tucker had a counter to that as well, like an adult would. Um, So Jim Harbaugh, uh, of course, he gathers the media around, and he says that the Big Ten, yes, definitely, 100%, definitely called him and uh, said they apologized about the officiating. Uh, they're talking about the uh, strip sack that was a hair too late, but they're still hung up on it. That was actually a strip sack, and Michigan State should have gone down 14 points in the second quarter, which definitely would have been insurmountable. There's no way Michigan State could have come back from 14 points in the second quarter. And also that they apologized to him about other calls made. They didn't really specify which calls, just other calls. Um, yeah, because, again, this this 100% happened whenever the Big Ten admits fault. Uh, they always do it just by side-calling the coach. They never come out with a statement or a press release or anything. So, yeah, definitely uh, not lying or anything right there. So, about 45 minutes later, Mel Tucker uh, steps up to the podium for his press conference. And not to talk about a game that happened nine days ago. No, to talk about a game that happened two days ago. So, uh, maybe a little more appropriate if you had off with the officiating to bring it up 48 hours later and not more than a week later. But, oh, wow, that's interesting. Mel says, quote, I don't like to talk about bad calls. That's not part of our culture. We don't like to make excuses about anything. I think that makes your program soft and gives your players and coaches a way out, end quote. Wow, that's strange that the guy that's won Paul Bunyan both times he's been here preaches toughness and accountability. 
and doesn't create some boogeyman for why your team lost. That's strange. That's bizarre. Um, very, very, very fortunate to have Mel Tucker in East Lansing. Goes without saying. He's turned the program around very quick. Uh, he has utilized a transfer portal. He is very good at branding. He's pretty much everything that you want in a head coach from a macro level. Not from a micro level, just inner rivalry. It, it, yeah, it speaks even louder to how lucky we are. Because I want you to imagine this. I, I just want you fine Spartan fans to imagine. And Mel Tucker, he's made it seven years into his Michigan State career. And that's despite not ever going to Indianapolis and being 3-9 and nine against you know our top rivals. And also, let's say hypothetically in years 06 oh, and 7, he's lost both Paul Bunyan Trophy games. Okay? So you take that and... um. With a massive game coming up on the horizon, he starts his weekly press conference by crying and whining about calls that happened two weeks ago and is making up stories about how the conference called to apologize about the officiating. How embarrassed would you be? How outraged would you be? How infuriating would it be for a guy that's been here for seven hypothetical years that really hasn't done anything worth his contract, worth the hype, uh, worth expectations? How awkward and embarrassing would that be to see your coach do that? And I thought, stupidly, um, very stupidly, I'm, I'm, I'm better than this. I've been around the rivalry long enough. But I was dumb enough for three seconds to think, isn't this embarrassing for Michigan fans? But then I realized, like, no, what am, what am I talking about? I, Jim Harbaugh's doing what the Michigan man does. I, this is what Bo was doing when he wasn't getting blasted in every Rose Bowl that he played in after carving up a water-down Big Ten or ignoring... Yeah, never mind. Uh, or what Gary Moeller would do after big losses. I, this is just what Michigan men do. It's just part of the program. It's part of the DNA, just like we talked about after another post-game victory over Michigan podcast that we recorded last week. It's just in their DNA to just complain about everything that's not them. And it, it's it's just crazy. And no, 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 no. Not, not crazy in the sense of like, oh, your buddy does something nuts at a tailgate. And it's like, oh, that's crazy, man. Well, you're like, no, this is... Literally, clinically, crazy. This is psychotic. This is nuts. You are a gambling addict and you don't even know it. You don't blame yourself, you know, oh, you're going into debt, you're losing your house, but you're not blaming yourself. No, you're blaming the little roulette ball. You're blaming the dealer or, you know, let, let's do an analogy. It's analogy time. Gather around, kids. Let's, uh, let's do this. You're at the blackjack table. You get dealt two tens. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. And the dealer's showing six. Okay, that's really good. That's almost like being up 16 points with 20 minutes left to go in a football game. All you got to do is just not do anything stupid, and you should be okay, I would think. Oh, my. But instead of just doing what's right, doing the smart things and being accountable, you split your tens. Very strange. Okay. Now you have a 16, as the dealer gives you a six. And now, oh, my God, the other hand's a five. Uh, Splitting and getting a six is like... Putting your freshman quarterback out there to run read option roughly three minutes after they fumbled. Uh, splitting your instant winners is like, well, having a team so undisciplined, they fall start on fourth and one on a massive, massive moment that could have changed the game. Um, and then instead, you look over and the dealer with their six. Of course, they flip over like a, a, a an ace or a two, a 17 or an 18, just the bare minimum needed to beat you as you just busted. 
and you're not upset about your strategy, you're not upset about your ways of playing, or just your, your history of how you even got to this point in general as you're down another 20 grand at the blackjack table. No, you, you, you're you mad at the cards, you're mad at the dealer. Oh, it's never my fault. No, I can't possibly be. It must be the refs, that's right. Um, Sure, yeah, we've got a big game against Penn State coming up, but no, we're... We're going to just focus on the refs and this loss that just happened. And Here, I'll even use another comparison. Imagine Mel Tucker next Monday after, you know, knock on wood, beating Maryland. Um, instead of talking about the Maryland game or the big upcoming Ohio State game that you need to win to keep your conference title dreams alive, imagine if he just talked about, well, you know, I'd be in a lot better mood if they reviewed the call on the simultaneous catch two weeks ago. What are... Oh, God, that's disgusting. That mm, that doesn't sit well with me, but that's uh, that's also why uh, we're able to talk about it, though, because we are led in the program, the players are, by a man that takes accountability. Coach is tough, uh, looks inward, not outward, doesn't blame boogeymen. And, yeah, that's why we can talk about it. Well, for two reasons. One, I root for a program that has Paul Bunyan and actually does well in rivalries and, you know, doesn't blame outside forces. And the two, I live in reality, which is hard for some people in this state. So I just figured I'd just give my two cents. Again, nothing's ever going to change. We went through this last week. It's free advice. Just look inward. It's not hard. Just look inward. Take accountability. But yeah, it's very difficult for some to do. And I'm glad that Mel Tucker ain't one of those people. And that's a man that's got the program heading in the right direction for the right reasons. All right, guys, we will be back with our guy, Dave. Klein in a hot segment. First, I need to talk to you fine folks about prize picks. That's right. You're talking prize picks, the college sports daily fantasy leader. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you might never have even heard of. So how do you play it? Well, you go to the App Store or Google Play. You download the app. And then from there, you deposit, but not without smashing in promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On, And that's going to give you a 100% instant deposit match for up to $100. From there, you pick two to five players, pick the over-under on their projected stats, like rushing yards, receiving yards, interceptions thrown, and then you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It is just you against the projected numbers. How sweet is that? You're not going up against anyone else's team, just you versus the numbers, baby. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy, and best of all, guys, they offer safe and fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Speaking of easy, style's easy. Comfort is easy. Thanks to the fine folks at Home Field Apparel. That's right, guys. We're talking homefieldapparel.com. You have heard me talk up and down about them, even when I'm not on the mic. If you run into me in the wild, I will talk your ear off about Home Field Apparel. And do you know why? And I always wrestle. What do I start with? Do I start it with how comfortable they are or how stylish they are? How about take it up? Just do it yourself. Homefieldapparel.com. Click Michigan State's tab. You're going to see 19 vintage, just amazing designs. You might think you know all the Michigan State logos, but mm -mm -mm, not so fast, my friend. No. These guys have curated from like yearbooks, uh, old game programs, just historians from the university itself. It is an awesome, awesome selection. And really, they've got an amazing selection for every college that they cover. Like, one of my favorite articles of clothing is this sick Hawaii hoodie that I wear roughly eight days a week uh, when winter time comes. And like I said, guys, it's just, it's like putting on a, a cloud on your torso. It is so comfortable. And best of all, 
They want to save you some cheddar. That's right. They want to save you some money. You can get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with promo code LOCKEDONSPARTANS. That's all one word, LOCKEDONSPARTANS. And that will get you 15% off of your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. Before getting to our guy, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com, one of my favorite recurring guests of all time, I need to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's get to our guy, Dave Klein. I want you to go back to when you're seven years old and you wake up on Christmas morning. The joy that you felt inside of you, knowing that you're about to rake in the presents that's right, Santa just dropped off a big old bag. How excited were you back then? Well, I have someone on the line right now. If you took that energy and multiplied it by 50, that's where you would be right now. That's right. I got Dave Klein with me on MSU Basketball opening night, baby. Let's go. DK, how on earth are you doing, man? Let's get a vibe check. Let's get a vibe check. All right. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm like a 12 out of 10, and I'm trying to contain it because it's going to be tough to sleep tonight. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. This is like Christmas Eve for me. It is. And for all college basketball fans out there, but being part of the premier opening event, you know, Madison Square Garda, the mecca of college basketball, heading to their Champions Classic opening tip-off. I don't, it really doesn't get much better. It doesn't. And well, I guess we'll get into maybe well, the outcome, potential outcome of the game, sure. where it's going to go from here. That's uh, Take all that aside, okay? We'll get into season expectations and how Spartans need to mentally come in because I think we probably should do some mental preparation. Me and you, I'm going to calm some of the waters. I'm going to set some of the levels and expectations so that we enter into this situation with a very, very succinct idea of what we're heading into. It is like you are reading straight off my notes in front of me right now because that is precisely where I wanted to start. Is because, A, um, what an offseason, especially after, goodness gracious, just what a 2020-2021 campaign last year. Ended crazy. The whole season was absolutely nuts. Um, And, of course, they get to the tournament, all thanks to Aaron Henry putting the team on his back. Aaron Henry's no longer here. However, I have a very optimistic person that I'm talking to right now named Dave Klein. So, Dave, I'm a little nervous right now. I'm not sure how to feel about the season. Please take me to church. Please. Okay. I'll take you to church. So, let's let's start with why the team is going to be better this year. Okay? So, through two exhibition games, watched them both pretty thoroughly. Kind of let that digest. There were some concerns the first game. I thought they were maybe a, a little less the second. What do we know about this team before we come into the season? Not that much just yet. We're going to get a great test game one, obviously, but this is, these are, I'll give you three things that I promise you will be better immediately for this team than what we saw last season, which was brutal. Point number one, the point guard play is going to be significantly better. I don't know if it could be any worse. That was probably the worst point guard play that we've ever gotten in the Izzo era. So there really is only one place to go, and that is up. So point number one, the point guard play is going up. Point number two, this team is going to be a better shooting team. I think they finished 13 out of 14 in the conference, like just over 30% from three-point land in the conference only play last year. That was brutal. I think, in my opinion, with the way that the attrition has happened across the entire conference, the pairing of Gabe Brown, Max Christie, and Joey Hauser 
which I think these three guys are going to shoot 38% and up all three of them, will collectively make Michigan State a top three to five shooting team in the conference this year. So that's point number two, better shooting. (sighs) Number three, I think the general vibes of this team are just heading in the right direction. We had a real offseason. Breslin Center is going to be rocking again. Okay, that can't be understated. If you're looking across the whole country, there's a handful of places that can maybe boast the atmosphere that Michigan State gets on a night in night basis. Okay, Northwestern could be coming to town. Let's not talk about last year because they lost that game away. (laughs) And I still think that that place gets excited for every game. Maybe it's not quite to the levels of a Michigan or some of the better competition you see. But I think that night in and night out, it's one of the better venues. And that's a distinct advantage that was lost last year. If that Purdue game that was as close as it was down that stretch and we give up that last second layup, if that was with fans in the stands, that place would have been, the roof would have been coming down in that moment. Williams would have felt that shot in his bones before he touched the ball. (laughs) And so there's a completely different feel to the season. So point guard play is going to be better. Shooting is going to be better. The Breslin Center is going to be rocking. Three things that right off the bat will be significantly better than last season. Let's take that to the bank. Love that. And like, that's not like three predictions either. Like that's pretty three concrete things. That's just, it kind of just seems like canon that that it will happen. Doesn't it? Like, because like you said, point guard, only way to go is up shooting kind of, you would hope the only way to go is up. And yeah, just the vibes in general. Next, next I have my list actually, again, your dudes got, you can tell you're a recurring guest. You are just funneling so well into what I have written in front of me. You, you know how I think. One thing that I'm really looking forward to is an unknown that I have. And it's just the unknown of like the team chemistry and how the leadership will unfold with this team and yada, yada, yada. It's an intangible thing. That's an unknown. Are there any unknowns that you're really looking forward to getting to know, not just in the first game, but maybe the first few weeks here. I know that's kind of an off the wall question and it doesn't have to be an intangible thing. It could be like how, yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing most is how does this team look like in a, in a big spot? Because they're going to get one, game yeah. one, right? It's as big a spot as he's going to be. So how does Tyson Walker, who transferred to Michigan State with the intent to play in type in this type of game? Right? He came from Northeastern. They're not getting to play opening night, 7 p.m., Madison Square Garden, if you play right. at Northeastern. So how <laughs> does he take that? Does he embrace this moment? Does he ball out? What does Max Christie look like under the bright lights? Because I think this team is going to go as far as Max Christie – can take us. And I am really optimistic about the ability for him to be the primary scorer for this team to kind of be the engine that just drives the offense, but there's going to be a couple bumps along the way. So what does it look like when he's playing? What is a very good Kansas team? Kansas end up finishing 12th overall in defensive efficiency. They return most of their players. They're going to be a very good defensive team. And so what does that look like for Max Christie this season? So maybe just how does the t- the team respond very early to a big type moment? And so you mentioned Max Christie, who like, I mean, he's just been blowing up in the off season. You can't read a bad thing about him really. So I think it's safe to say that he might have to be a, a top three player for Michigan state. Do you agree with that statement? And if so, who are the other two really key guys that need to be a top three player for this team? And there's no shortage of combinations there, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's going to have to be the leading scorer, I think. It doesn't have to be every single night. But when you Mm -hmm. are getting into crunch time situations, 
who's going to be the guy that took the shot? I think Izzo says, hell no, I don't have an idea of that. To me, it's really going to be either Tyson Walker creating and finding that or Max Christie getting the ball down the stretch. I think those are the two guys that you're going to really need to lean on to be able to create shot opportunities for the rest of the roster in crunch time. So add Tyson Walker to that mix. He's going to have to have a good season for Michigan State to have a good season. I think that the floor is pretty comfortably set between the two point guards. But ultimately, for me, Walker probably needs to play 25-plus minutes per game for Michigan State to reach their ceiling. I really don't want to see like a split much longer than the first couple games. I would like to see him start seizing more of that. Maybe we see him play together a little bit. I think that's very likely with Kansas's uh, lineup. Uh, Jalen Wilson is out. They're going to play a two-guard lineup. So I think that we get to see maybe the two of them play together. We, we did for a brief stint in the exhibition game, but mostly it was against zone. I think they actually would be able to play off together. So you have two playmakers. One can shoot and kind of score while the other guy is more of a setup man. So it would, it would maybe relieve some of the facilitation duties for Walker, and I'd like to see that a little bit in extended run, and maybe we get that tomorrow. And, okay, so defensively. So I, need two. Was... I need to give you one more. I was just thinking where the Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I lost count. Jeez, I can't even count to three. I'm so sorry. My, my bad. I... Day number three, I guess guy number three for me, um, if Michigan State is going to reach their ceiling, Joey Hauser needs to be more of the Joey Hauser that we saw freshman yep. year of Marquette than he was last totally year. Agree. I don't think that he had quite as bad of a season as maybe would have alluded to, but he didn't have that good of a one given the expectations. Now I think he's going to go back to being a guy that maybe is going to be like a third-ish type option. I think him and Brown are kind of going to be those third guys where maybe Walker is going to need to step up and be – at least the guy who's driving a lot of the offense, even if maybe he's not the, the scorer every single night. So I think that those are the three. And then I'm going to toss you just like a guy that can really set the four and is kind of a little bit of an X factor, which maybe is a little bit terrifying. And that to me is Marcus Bingham. Because okay. if Bingham can give you the defensive anchor that you need, then this team can compete in the Big Ten. If he does not look comfortable against David McCormick, who for me would probably land somewhere maybe in the top five centers in the conference, like you got to you got to go against Trace Jackson Davis and Hunter Dickinson and Kofi right. Coburn. If you can't yeah. get some solid defensive play from the center spot, it's just going to be a struggle. I think Michigan State's going to look much better when they get out of conference play with the lineup that they have. But to be able to give yourself in the best position to make a seed line so you can make a splash in the tournament you got to finish top five, top six. Like I I really don't want to get too much further outside that. Uh, Otherwise you're going to get yourself in a seed line where you, it'll really be difficult to make the second weekend. And you already know, we'll be right back in a hot second with our guy, Dave Klein, but need to talk to you. Beautiful, beautiful people about betonline.ag. Ooh, that was a rough one. All right, uh, betonline.ag. We're back and we're better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just smash in that promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On, and that's going to unlock that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC to golf. That's right. And that's that's still a sport they play. To your favorite Vegas casino games, not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Guys, that's betonline.ag where the game starts. 
doesn't it feel like this is like the third offseason in a row where we're saying like, oh, well, if Bingham can make a jump and play defensively and also play 25 minutes, it's like, yeah. oh boy, we're, we're running out of years where we can start saying that. Like, we got, got to see it, man. Like, oh, my goodness. And that's a lot of pressure on the kid. Like, I feel like he might have those pressure on him this season, like just expectations-wise. And kind of for good reason, though. You He's a senior. At what point in time do we stop yeah. carrying the water? I've carried the water right. for three years for him. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. If it doesn't come this year, I'm going to have to be a little bit harsh on just mm-hmm. how I see the outlook. Because if he, if he doesn't work out in the first, like, five games or so, which the non-conference, I mean, we can get to that now, but the non-conference is fucking tough. Like, mm-hmm. to come off the season that we did and to have the non-conference that we have ahead of us, uh, I think arguably – Outside of maybe Gonzaga, who has just a brutal non-conf before they get into their, you know, cupcake play. Right. Like, Michigan State has one of the most difficult setups, potentially, of any team in the Big Ten for sure. And maybe, you know, top 10, top 20. I haven't looked at the Ken Palm strength of schedule stuff and that kind of all shakes out. But they, they have a very, very brutal schedule given the games that they have to go away to, given the potential matchups that they see. It's, it's going to be tough. There's going to be some L's dropped in – the fan base needs to be prepared that tomorrow night we could very well lose. And then you got to go to Butler in about a week. And then you got to get back yeah. up and go on the road to the Bahamas to play battle for Atlantis where there's no cupcake team in the entire tournament. And you're going to see Drew Valentine game one, who's going to be hungry to beat you. Like the, the storylines, if you're looking just across the way, like this team is going to take some lumps, but I also think that this team is going to get hardened in the non-conference and then they kind of have an ease into the conference schedule where maybe they can get rolling at the right time. That's a lot. I know that was a lot. That was, was an answer that just kept going, but. It was a lot. My microphone was also on mute, which doesn't help things either. But hey, here we are on the high tech uh, lock on Spartans podcast. You can hear my voice again. Um, Yeah. Uh, but doesn't that kind of shape out to how us Michigan state fans love this? We are going into the season not just under the radar, but unranked. We have a non-conference schedule that is harder than like the NBA Western Conference slate. Like this, this is what we know. We are so under the radar. We are going to be getting punched in the teeth very early on. But you know what? I don't think Tom Izzo would rather have it any other way. I think this is a, he, I believe, is very comfortable right now with how they're going into this season. I mean, that's just where I come from on that. So I agree. I think, I think all around you know, he's, there's been a lot of doubt about what this team can be, and it's rightly so. You yeah. lose your top scorer and, you know, you replace it. We talked about it the last time we got together that I was actually happy with the attrition and the addition that we had. And mm-hmm. so I think it's it's all positive. Just I think the fan base needs to realize that this roster is going to take a little time to come together, and they're not going to yeah. look like the team that we see tomorrow – is going to be a completely different team in February and into March. Completely different team. And the only spot that I really have concern with is the center, because to me, after watching the first two exhibitions, everything else is heading in the right direction. So it's yeah. a little scary to be in the Big Ten Conference and to have a center problem, particularly this season. But I think generally speaking, if we were in a different conference, we were in the Big East, the SEC, we were in the Pac-12, like we would be right there in the thick of things with any of those teams. It's just in this particular conference, it's so big dominated that you're going to run into situations where it's tough when you don't have a guy that you can dump and get an easy two and the other team does, there's going to be some games where it gets a little ugly down inside the paint. And that just is what it is. That doesn't mean it translated into 
a success in the postseason. Look at the way that the Big Ten did. They had a, a dominant slew of big men, and only Michigan escaped into the second weekend. So, you know, I, I think that long-term you have to look, what's the goal for Michigan State every season? The goal is to win a Big Ten championship. Can it happen this season? Eh, maybe. Probably not. So for me, that's almost taken off the table because I just think that the top three teams, Michigan, Illinois, and Purdue, probably have a little bit more veterans. They have a little bit steadier presence at the center spot. They have, you know, clear-cut primary options that aren't freshmen, you know, frankly. Right. So yeah. I think it's going to be a really tough slate to be able to unseat not one or two of those teams, but three, because I think they're all right in the mix for it. So if that's out the window, what's the next step? Win the Big Ten tournament. Could they do that? Yeah, I think they could get hot at the right time towards the end of the season. They could be part of that. And then the next step is to try to make a Final Four, right? That The, the idea yeah. at Michigan State is to hang banners. And if you can't do it in one way, you can do it in another way. So for me, it's about this team coming together, playing the right basketball at the right time towards the end of the season, putting themselves on a seed line, preferably for me, a four or a five, which I think is accomplishable with the, the non-conference and conference schedule that they have. And then you hit into the tournament, you hopefully find a right matchup, you get into the second weekend, and then guess what? Tom Izzo is pretty goddamn good once he gets there. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, contrary to popular belief, yeah, the guy can coach in March. Um, but before we get to March, we, we got to start tonight. We got to start Madison Square Garden, baby. Kansas, uh, you wrote a ton on SpartansHoops.com, which was fantastic. And of course, I'm going to try to boil that into like the next few minutes here. Um, Really quick, just what what can people expect from Kansas? I know that's such a lazy, broad question, but like, yeah, just like you so said, two guard play. I mean, so sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. It's the the last season was the worst offensive team that Bill Self has had at Kansas. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for silver lining, they do return four starters. As I alluded to, Jalen Wilson got an OWI. He is out for I think the first three games, something like that. So he, they usually would play a point guard and three wings around a center. And this game, instead, they are going to play like a point guard, combo guard, and then they're going to play two wings in the center. So the guy who is going to play point guard for them and may have actually to start the season anyway, because, you know, we'll get to it in a minute, but Remy Martin and Bill Self haven't exactly seen eye to eye yet, um, is Dewan Harris. He's a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. So he, I think he redshirted his first year. He played 16 minutes per game last season. He took a total of 50 shots. So no idea really what he's going to give you offensively other than he's a guy that's going to take care of the ball and he's more of a, a pass first type guy that's going to set up the team. The next guy uh, beside him is Remy Martin came over from the PAC 12 ASU second leading scorer in the PAC 12 last season, season before he was the leading scorer. ASU sucked. Some of that's Bobby Hurley. I think he's a shitty coach and he had a lot of talent there. <laughs> Um, and he just didn't do it. He hasn't done a very good job. He hasn't. That's fair. That's fair. Part, yeah. It is. Yeah. And the other part is I'm not sure if Remy Martin is a team player or not. And I think that's a real question. It's a question that's already come up this season for them. Um, he's a guy that already self started a walk on over in the exhibition game to try to get a point across. I described this to somebody else as if, if, you know, we had kind of like an interesting experiment, the Tom Izzo and Rocket Watts experiments. Like, how was that going to work? Um, just, you know, you have like a pure scorer who's a high volume guy in a system that demands the ball move and get past. This is a very similar situation other than the fact that Remy Barton is, you know, like a, a certified bucket, at least at the Pac-12 level. And we never really saw that from Watts. So we never really got yeah. to see that experiment, you know, full out pan out, which is maybe for the best in the long run. 
But this, you know, this is going to be a storyline all season for Kansas. Can Remy Martin work within the confines? He's six foot. He's cat quick. He can score off the dribble. Um, you know, a, a lot of the aspects that we are excited about for Tyson Walker in terms of what he brings uh, is very similar to what Remy Martin can bring on the offensive end. He's a guy that if you give him an inch of space, he will pull up in your face and take it. And sometimes that works. And sometimes he's a guy that's going to take 18 shots to score his 18 points. And that's what Michigan State absolutely needs to do tomorrow. They need to make him inefficient. He's a guy that's turned the ball over three plus times over 50% of the games last season. So you need to turn him over a little bit. Um, but he's a guy that you got to bottle up because if he starts getting loose, it's going to get dangerous. Any thoughts there? You want me to continue? No, I, I love that. I honestly, I love the at the very end of a guy has turned with the ball over three plus times in fifty percent of his games. Yes, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> All right, the next two wins oh, is uh, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Oche Abaje. I'm not quite sure how to say that. That, uh, that is better than I can do. I, I cannot help you there. Yeah, that's that's a good good Don't run. Forgive me run. for. You know, if his parents are listening or something, I they're that. avid listeners. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. High volume three point shooter, a guy that can shoot off the catch really well, a guy that's a movement shooter. He's really not going to hurt you off the dribble, but he's a guy that if you leave open will knock down shots. I think he took like close to seven a game last season. He shot like 38 percent. So he's a guy you got to watch for. My guess is they probably will end up going with Gabe Brown on him, chase him around, use his length to bother him. He's not a guy. You know, you worry a little bit about somebody who can put it on the deck to go past Brown because he's a little laterally stiff. That's not this guy. So I think might that matchup might actually be good because they're kind of a similar player, uh, minus the fact that if Brown gets a straight line drive, he can absolutely put somebody on a poster. Not that Obaji can't. He can maybe sure. do it in transition, but he's not a guy that really puts the ball on the deck a ton. Uh, the next guy actually matches up really well with Joey Hauser, Christian Braun. Uh, Christian Braun, I'm sorry. He's like 6'6", 210, 215 pounds. Um, slow footed. I think that if you're, you know, a Joey Hauser fan, this is exactly what you want to say. He isn't a awesome. laterally quick guy. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Let's so go. I think this matchup works pretty well. And I actually think Joey is the better shooter out of the two of them. I think Brown's, you know, maybe a little stronger, a little more physical around the glass. But I think generally, if you're looking at that matchup, best case scenario for Joey Hauser to maybe give you a little extra minutes because he's not a guy that can just blow by you all the time. Uh, and then the center position we alluded to, David McCormick. 6'10", 250 pounds, got a nice little like baby right hook. He can finish, you know, in a lob situations athletically, he's physical. Um, like I said, I'd, pr- I'd put him maybe around like a Trevion Williams in the league. He's a guy that can hurt you for sure, but he's not a guy that absolutely can take over a game if you have good defense. And so that's the question for me. If he ends up going for like 18 and 12 and he does it on like eight shots and gets to the free throw line a ton, uh, we're going to be in trouble tomorrow. So that, that matchup is really going to be one I key on because if Bingham can't slow him down or make him really have to work for his shots, the difficult shots, uh, Michigan State's going to be in a little bit of trouble probably tomorrow. Last but not least, a drum roll. How do you see this one going? How do you see this one going, man? Are, are we starting off with a dub or are we starting off with a, with a non-conference L that's going to forge this team together by the time the conference slate starts? All right, I'm going to give you this little tidbit before I tell you how I think it's going to go. So, love this. Bill Self and Tom Izzo have squared off a total of four times, twice in the tournament. No, I'm sorry, a total of eight times, twice in the tournament. Okay. Four and four, one and one against each other in the tournament. Okay, so they they wow, fought okay. to an even split thus far. 
So pretty solid, at least you feel comfortable. Unfortunately, Kansas has won three of the last four of those, so that's not great. But not important, not important. That's but okay. <laughs> in the early season losses that Michigan State took two out of those three times, a loss to Kansas ended up leading to a Final Four appearance for Michigan State. So there you go. Yes. So a Let's loss go. doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It could actually be a good thing. This is how I'm going to spin it to the people. But to be honest with this. you, I think, I, think it's a really loss. Tough yes. I think it's a tough matchup. They're going to start essentially a redshirt sophomore, so he's a junior, a super senior. Remy Martin's playing his fifth year. Uh, Abaje is a senior, bronze, a junior. McCormick's a senior. I mean, they're a very old team. Even though the offense wasn't particularly good last year, I think a lot of it was them missing out on some backcourt they added, we didn't speak about him, but Joseph Yesifu from Drake, who absolutely went like mm. bananas the last like nine games of the season. He's kind of a microwave off the bench, another small guy. So I, I don't see this probably ending in a victory for the Spartans. But what I want to see in my expectations for tomorrow is to see this game go toe-to-toe for 35 minutes, to see Michigan State take a couple punches and punch back, to see Max Christie heading in the right direction, to see Tyson Walker be able to navigate the half-court offense. To see it just look like a unit and like a team that the ceiling of which when we see them in March can be something that is dangerous. That is what I'm looking for tomorrow. I, I would love a win. I would beat my chest. I would mm-hmm. go bananas. I would do all these things. But I think it would be foolhardy for me to come in thinking that it's going to be a win. So it's a five-point spread. I think maybe it's down to four now. But I would be more surprised if Michigan State was within a possession or two than I would be if they were, you know, down eight to ten with a couple minutes left. And that's okay. It's okay for me just because this team has so many new pieces. And I think that as long as we see those pieces heading in the right direction and we see some life out of the center spot, I think that we will be able to say, like, okay, we just played a national preseason championship contending type team. You know, they're ranked number three in the nation. I think that they're going to go toe-to-toe, probably pretty close to being the top 10 for most of the season. If you can match up with these athletes and this, you know, Hall of Fame coach and Bill Self, and you can go toe-to-toe for most of this with basically, you know, at least in the important part, some brand new pieces in the roster, I think that we should take some optimism from it and move forward thinking that this team can be something when it matters, which is in March. I, I'm, I'm kind of right with you, man. Like, listen, we're not allowed to use the words moral victory here, but I, I call this gravy season because, like, anything positive that happens, it's all gravy, baby. Like, I don't think a loss to Kansas is going to be the reason they'll miss the tournament, you know, or you know, perhaps, like, a, a second-round loss in the battle for Atlantis or, or whatever. But if you could pick out good things here, like, I'm kind of with you. Like, if MSU loses by, like, three points and in a really hard-fought game, cohesive, I'm not sure I'm going to be missing – too many minutes of sleep. Now I say this now, it will be different by the time the game starts and ends, but right now when I'm in a clear state of mind, a rational state of mind, I'm right with you, man. I just show me something good because, Oh boy, my memories from last season until the last two weeks, not a lot of good memories there, Dave. It was a tough sledding, so I'd like to be happy. I mean, I watched this season this twice over, so nobody knows the pain more than I do. Oh, I you, you masochist. <laughs> some of them three times. So I still have some on the DVR, but only the good ones. Illinois, OSU, Michigan, there we go. Duke. I, I throw yourself. them on. I throw them on, and some of them I'm just like, how did we win this game? Rocket Watch scored 20 <laughs> points. Oh, my God. Thank the you, best. Rocket. Uh, and he one like, memory, and that was punching Michigan State in the uh, Michigan in the throat before you left. I it was amazing. That. 
Yeah, all of a sudden he just decided to become a guy that would go downhill and attack the basket. Like, okay, like that's great. Don't have any film on that the previous like 29 games, but Michigan comes to town. That's right, Buckaroo. We're going to pop you for 20 points from Rocket Watts. God, just genius coaching from Tom Izzo. That's right. That's how I choose to, to look at that whole thing. That's genius. Looking yeah, man. I, th- I think a genius, that... Dave. You're a genius. Oh, well, oh, thank sorry. you. I'm just, I'm just here just trying I to compliment you, man. Sorry. No, no. Sorry. I, I just want to say last point. I just think, you know, Spartan fans need to just come into this, just come into it with optimism. We know how brutal last season yes. was. Whether this game ends up a double-digit loss or a victory, just take it all in stride because it's a long season. This is a long season. This isn't football. You don't lose a game and you're out no. of it. This is the beginning. So let's just remember that and let's let's just have the takes be a little bit calm tomorrow, regardless. If, if we win, it won't be it won't be calm. But if we lose, no, 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 no. <laughs> Amen, man. Yeah, I'm gonna be a cool customer if we lose, but if we win, everyone's getting oh, MF tomorrow. Rank <laughs> us, rank <laughs> us, cowards. I will meet you at Newway Bar at 11 p.m. sharp right after the game, my man. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, well, thanks man. so much for having DK, me on, man. man. I really do appreciate it. Dude, no, thank you, man. I mean, you're, you're the guy that brings all the brains, all the knowledge, all, all the looks, even though the fine folks listening can't see it. But, yeah, man, you're you're the best, DK. And I'd love to have you on any time this season, man. So as long as you keep saying we'll yes. We'll be doing this again. We'll be doing it at least once a month. I guarantee it. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. DK. Until next time, all right, the man. thank you so much. Good to see you all Spartan Nation, baby. Go green tomorrow. Let's do this thing. Go white. Let's get it popping. Woo! Woo! Massive, massive thank you uh, for Dave Klein, really, just and, and his beautiful mind, uh, his, his wonderful voice. Now, D- Dave's the best. Uh, not just a great friend of mine, but also just a fantastic recurring guest. And, yeah, always gracious with his time and knowledge. And if you want more of it, check out SpartanHoops.com. It is a subscription, but it is worth every single cent. Uh, they, they do way more than what you pay for. It is fantastic um, if you want to stay up to date on your Michigan State basketball Spartan. So I'll try to get him on throughout the season. Um, I'll, I'll get him as long as he keeps on a green to coming on here. So, yeah, Dave's the best. So super, super thankful for, for him to join us for the last two segments there. Uh, all right, guys, if you want some more Big Ten in your life, that's right. How about Locked on Big Ten with our guy, Nate Dickinson? He will walk you through the rest of the conference. He will hold your hand. And him and his wonderful voice, yes, he will. He will keep you up to date on all things Big Ten on Locked on Big Ten. All right, guys, on tomorrow's show, wow, uh, for the first time this year, uh, a basketball recap episode. Yeah, we did a little bit after the two exhibition games, but no, it's going to be, for the most part, a full show of what happens in this Spartans Jayhawks Champions Classic Showdown, baby. That's right. So, And for the rest of the week, uh, working on someone from the Maryland side uh, to join us to preview the football game. And, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to our guy, Stephen Brooks, of 24-7 Sports eventually. Um, but until then, guys, hey, let's focus on having a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday. All right, guys, love you all. Go Green.